Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey, mamas, it is Dr. Whitney, and it's just me today here on the podcast, and I am going to be talking about going back to school with our kids and how to handle that and how to approach it, both for our kids and for ourselves. So let's dive in. First things first, I think the most important thing for us to remember as parents is this concept that it is okay not to be okay in this moment. Funny story, at my work, we meet weekly to talk about our COVID response and what we're doing as a clinic in my pediatrics office. And we had a member of our team who doesn't meet with kids clinically, who at the very end of the meeting a couple weeks ago said, Now, I just want to remind everybody to stay really, really positive with all of the families because it's so important that they just understand they should just be grateful even if they get just a tiny bit of school or a tiny bit of education. My goodness, let's just stay positive. And our psychologist, our child psychologist in the office quickly spoke up and said, no, yes, we can be positive and we have to lean in with families to the fact that this is a really difficult time, that it's overwhelming, that it's stressful, that it's different than any other time that we've been a part of, and that it's hard not to have our kids potentially going back to a regular school environment, no matter what that looks like in your community, that things are going to be a little bit different for everyone. There's this old adage within psychology that you can't get over a feeling until you go through it. And I think that is what our psychologist is talking about. So from a clinician standpoint, from someone like me, I've been spending a lot of time with my parents and with my patients saying, how are you? And when they say, not great, saying that makes so much sense, right? And then coming at them with that mindful self-compassion piece and compassion to other people that says, of course you don't feel great right now. How could you? These are trying times. And then to bring in common humanity and saying, I bet there are a lot of other parents in exactly your same situation who feel the way that you do. So I just want to let you guys know first that I'm with you. I also am feeling worried about what this school year will look like, especially for my daughter, who is an anxious kiddo who really thrives on structure and with being around other kids and having that socialization and trying to kind of wrap my brain around what this will look like for her and what I can do to best support her. The second piece of advice or nugget I want to give you is is this idea of breaking your plans or your thought process about school into three steps. So the first is thinking about what are your options given maybe 
a worst case scenario. And this is not to be political. I just mean a worst case scenario in terms of our kids and what's accessible to them. So if it ends up being completely distance learning is the only option for your kid, for my kid, then what would be the options to make sure that your child based off their individual needs, their individual personality, their individual temperament, what they can handle, what are some potential ways that you can support them? And I think that looks very, very different depending on who your kid is and depending on who you are and kind of what your setup is. And I don't necessarily mean in-home tutors for every single person or micro schools or pods or whatnot. I mean things like, Is there some outdoor distanced experience that your kiddo could be a part of that you would have never otherwise thought of as an educational opportunity, but might be really fantastic for them? So for example, my daughter has a love of horses and she doesn't want to ride the horses at all, but she wants to be around them. She wants to scoop up their poop with a shovel. She wants to be around them and spend time with them and groom them and all of that good stuff. And so I've been thinking about, are there some ways that she could remain socially distanced, but that she could do that one day a week? If she's not going to have the traditional hours of school and we're going to have some flexibility, that is a very, very, very small silver lining. And how can I capitalize on it? I did a little research and I started reaching out to the person who might be able to help us with that, or that might be an option for. And of course, the response that I got was, that is a great idea. We're thinking about how we'll be able to support kids and do it in a safe way for kids this coming year. We haven't quite figured it all out. So that's why I'm telling you there's three steps to this, because step one is just that research, that investigation, that figuring out what are the options, what do you need to do to kind of set yourself up for success now? Step two is telling your brain, we're going to put this on a shelf, or in my mind, I like to think about it like I'm going to put it in a small box, and then I'm going to save it for a couple of weeks from now. Because We can't predict the future and we don't know exactly the direction everything is going or exactly what will happen or exactly what the plans will be in the districts for our kids or even at private schools or for clubs or for camps or for extracurricular activities that as much as we all would love to plan and plan and plan and try to figure things out ahead of time right now, we can only do so much. We can do the researching and kind of pre-planning, but then we have to put it on the shelf a little bit. And then step three will be to move into action once we have enough data to support a decision. So I think step two is the hardest in my mind, and I know it's the hardest for a lot of moms, but I think it is an important one to be telling ourselves consistently after we've done step one and we've done all we can to say, hey, okay, you did what you could, and now we have to leave it. Remember, it's in that box. It's waiting for me when I know more then I can act. Hi mama, guess what? Our book, The New Baby Blueprint is out in the world. We're so excited because we know it's gonna help change the new motherhood experience. The bump said, they say motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but the new baby blueprint comes pretty close. You can find it wherever books are sold or check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash book. The next thing 
that I want to encourage you on is this idea of taking a second to think about this next year, what will your individual child need to be kind of okay? And this is what I mean. Let me dig deeper. So in the first three to four months of all of this, let's say March to beginning of July, almost all my patients and myself included were kind of in this almost like whatever goes, goes. I don't know. We were thrown into this last minute. I can't create a schedule for my kids every day with color-coded labels. I'm sorry. I'm trying to work and do this. I'm juggling childcare plus my kids, plus trying to figure out how to manage their emotions now that everything is different. And I just can't be thoughtful about it. I have to just put out fires left, right, and center. Now that the sun is shining and yes, we're still in the midst of a pandemic and yes, it's still, it's getting worse, but we have at least a few more diversions just with the weather being a little bit nicer in most areas of the country where we can take our kids out for more walks. We could go on a little hike. We could maybe swim in a lake or a river if you're next to one. You could potentially go to a beach. So we're not so cooped up. And now that we are thinking about school as it comes forward and about just the fall in general, now is the moment to kind of be intentional, create a clean slate for what you want the year to look like. So one of the biggest things for me that I decided to do about a month ago was to make a big break with screens for my kids. So for the first two or three months, honestly, a lot of things I let slide that otherwise I would have been really strict on, but that I felt like I didn't have the bandwidth to deal with and that my kids were needing to cope, 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 cope. And unfortunately, some of that coping was done with screens. And about a month ago, I decided, okay, we're moving into summer and those rules of kind of complete chaos that happened from March into June, we're done with those. We got to create a clean slate. So we did a screen detox and it really made a huge difference for my kids in terms of their behavior as I knew it would, because as a pediatrician, whenever I do that and get a little more strict, I know, holy cow, it pays off. And it made me start to think about for this school year, number one, I want screens to be really limited for my kids outside of learning opportunities. Number two, I want to really dive into the things that they are interested in when it comes to learning. So for younger kids, maybe that's something about you've always wanted to do more crafts with them or sensory toys or that type of thing, sensory activities. For older kids, that might be, okay, a seven or eight-year-old, I want to help them learn about the rainforest and all the animals are there. And I want to capitalize on the fact that six, seven, eight-year-olds are all about justice and really teach them about how to protect animals that are not well-protected. Or how about people? To teach them about racial injustice and to get really excited about that with them, about making sure that they are on the right side of history and that they are a part of a solution and educating them about that. And so as we move into the fall, really, we have an opportunity with our kids to build a ton of intention for them and for ourselves around the way that we want to parent and the way we want to fill our kids' time. So remember, number one, okay not to be okay right now. Number two, think about those three steps when it comes to preparing for this coming school year. Doing your research, figuring out what your options are, then putting it on the shelf, 
and then moving into action. Once you actually have the data that you need to make a good decision for you and your family and your individual child and their needs, and then being and thinking really intentionally right now about what you want your kids to get out of this coming year. So what will it take for you and your kids to be kind of okay this year? What do you need to cope in ways that are actually going to be healthy this year so that at the end of all this, your kids and you come out more and more resilient? I know it is tough, mama. I am there with you, but you've got this. Hey, 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 if you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.